In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You're very welcome to the Brendan Option, coming to you courtesy of Immaculata Productions. I'm Father Brendan Kilcoyne. If you like our work, you might care to hit that subscribe button there, or you might chuck us a few quid on Patreon or PayPal. Keep the constructive criticism pouring into us, supportive comments, whatever. Above all, would you keep us in the prayers? Yeah, especially because coming up now to the to Christmas and New Year, we're going to be looking again at our way forward and looking at what we're doing and thinking of new stuff to do. Hmm, St. Joseph. St. Joseph. Here at Immaculata, this has been going around in our heads coming up to Christmas. Should we say something about the silent one? Hmm? Joseph. You know, the point has been very well made that while Joseph was not the biological father of Jesus, Joseph was his guardian and spiritual father while he was growing up. And the most perfect fatherhood of all is the fatherhood of God. And God is pure spirit. So the most perfect fatherhood is spiritual. Huh? It's an interesting point. I don't think we talk enough about Joseph as the father of Jesus. That is not a denial of the incarnation. It's complicated, I accept. There are nuances, but... Well, just get your head around it. Because Joseph was his father. Not in the biological sense. But Joseph was his father spiritually. I mind it here. I'm trying to give out an example of practical, down-to-earth, good-humoured, fairly terrifying Irish fatherhood of a certain generation. A friend of mine grew up on a farm where he was one of two sons. There were daughters as well, but one of two sons. His father was a tough man, but they got on with him. They worked very hard on their farm. My friend was big into um, horses, loved horses. And he went in one day and pleaded with his father to get a Clydesdale. Because, you know, the Clydesdale are a magnificent English draft horse. Yeah. And uh, his father listened to His father was quite a silent man. He listened to him. And then with just the faintest hint of irony, he asked him, why would I spend money on a horse? Haven't I you and your brother? And it was the typical response of an Irish father. I like to think that Joseph gave answers like that to the Son of God. I like to think that Joseph talked to God like that. You know, Daddy, can we get this? Can we get that? Can we get the other? You know, shut up and stop annoying me. I'm listening to the news. Leave me alone. (laughs) I love that thought. You know, that, that God, because we're told that he grew up under their authority. I love the thought that God grew up dealing with a father who would have had his own human foibles and eccentricities. It's an interesting thought. 
I don't think we give nearly enough respect to the enormous position that Joseph has. The present Holy Father does. I mean, he insisted that Joseph, uh, uh, mirroring John the Twenty Third's emphasis on it, he insisted that Joseph be put into the sacred liturgy. We have a very limited understanding of the enormity that God committed in the Incarnation. To the extent that some theologians used to surmise that the rebellion of Lucifer was a reaction of outrage among the perfect creatures surrounding the Godhead. That such a flawed creation, such a comparatively grotesque creature, would be so favoured that God would assume such a nature. It's a very interesting thought. In his book, The Lord of the Rings, G.R.R. Tolkien invented these these, um, stunted, deformed, spiritually deformed, almost hideous creatures called the Orcs which nonetheless exist in their hundreds of thousands and are the servants or have become the servants of the Dark Lord. In a sense, there's an arc-like quality to humanity. It's not all of us, but there is a deformation, a scarring, a cauterizing, a, an amputation, a, a loss of something. And imagine the enormity of God assuming that nature. And then on top of it, on top of assuming the nature, no, not, except sin, except sin, okay? On top of assuming the nature, subordinating himself to the authority of one of these creatures. For what? For the period of his, up to the time of his majority. I, that, this is huge. This is absolutely huge. I mean, if we thought this true, we'd have statues of St. Joseph in every church. Oh, excuse me. Didn't we used to? Yeah, yeah. Don't mention the war. Don't mention the war, okay? I'm not right wing. I'm just grumpy. We used to have statues of St. Joseph in every church. Then we got cool. We got too cool for school. We didn't want any more. We didn't want to get our boots dirty in the true mystery of the incarnation because the incarnation is cannot be contemplated or understood without confronting our ruined face. You remember Oscar Wilde's unfinished novel, the the um, the the mystery of uh, what was it, Edwin Drood, that started to age and become hideous, mirroring the spiritual deformation of the young man whose portrait it was. We are partly ruined, partly almost melted away. And God subjected himself to the authority of one of us and called him Daddy, Abba, 
which isn't quite daddy. I accept that. It's it's not father either. It's kind of papa type of thing. It's a semi-formal, if you like. That's just enormous. I remember I had an uncle um, uh, who was, he was a really good man. I, I, I stayed with them, my grandparents and my uncle a few summers and he was very abrupt and even though that village was only a few miles away they had a slightly different way of speaking a different way of saying things and they called a comb a comb I needed a comb in those days they called a comb a rack which is a very old word for a comb and they were still using that word in that area and I remember if we were going out visiting at night, he would say to me shortly, wash your hands and rack that head. In other words, comb your hair. I like the thought of Joseph saying that to the child Jesus. You know, wash your face, wash your hands, rack that head, tidy up. I mean, those don't, don't imply sin, so I'm not, it's not, I'm not being a heretical. They don't imply sin. They do imply being a boy. Boys are not notoriously tidy. Joseph as father. Jesus as son. God did something that goes beyond human understanding. You think about Joseph and Joseph's fatherhood for any length. And you start to see depths to the incarnation you never even suspected. Like, I'm trying to think. I remember a friend of mine who was very, very proper when he was ordained. Very correct, very polished. And he was there immaculate in his sutan giving first blessings. And his little brother came up to him, his face smeared with chocolate, and held up his lolly to him his, his, his ice cream and said do you want a lick <laughs> this, this was the biggest treat he could give his big brother on the day of his ordination he was dismissed needless to say I like to think of Jesus with his face smeared with chocolate now oh, alright they didn't have chocolate I accept that but uh, honey or something I, I like to think of him I don't know eating sweets yeah, I, I, I like to think of him as a kid and Joseph telling him you know Never mind that. Never mind the foolishness. Help me here. You know, come on. Stop your, your, your head in the stars thinking about things. Go on, help me here. As God indeed does. I'd like to think of Joseph teaching the supreme, the ineffable, the indescribable intellect how to hammer a nail into a piece of wood. I love that thought. <laughs> Joseph, master and apprentice. God, the apprentice of a human master. I mean, do you get your head around this stuff? The supreme, all know, the omniscient intellect who has reduced himself to this willingly. Now, the, the, like, this is a huge mystery because on the one hand, Jesus is God, Jesus knows everything. On the other hand, Jesus is a man. He is completely and thoroughly a man. So there's, there is a willed, freely accepted limitation, if you like. God has no limits. And yet in a way that we cannot understand, God tolerated a limit. 
I don't know. I'm not. I'm not a good enough theologian to be able to express that uh, without danger of my being burned at the stake if we were back in the Middle Ages. But you can see what I'm. You can see what I'm making a hash of here. Okay, you can at least at least see what I'm failing at. It's an amazing thought. It's just amazing. And so, I want to celebrate Saint Joseph coming up to Christmas. I want, I want us to have a separate cake for Joseph. I want us to give that little bit of respect we haven't been giving in the past to Joseph. And I want to take a bit of example from God, which I think is a good way to go, who subjected himself to human authority. And I think there's a tremendous lesson to be learned there by some priests who are always biting at their bishops. There's a tremendous lesson for any employee who's always given out about his boss or her boss behind their back. Now there are lessons to be learned too by bishops and employers, fine and superiors and leaders and everything. Okay, but I'm just saying God took it on the chin. God did as he was told. God washed his hands. God combed his hair, racked that head. God swept up the sawdust after a day's work. Why should it be so difficult for us? Why are we so grand? No, no, no. I think we need to go to Joseph. I think we need to ask him for an apprenticeship. I think we need to sign up with Joseph for an intensive course this Christmas, right? On how to be a son or a daughter. Saint Joseph, father, in a very real sense of our Lord and Saviour, pray for us. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, Amen.